home field advantage. My name is Will Highland and I am your host. Today it's July 21st, 2021, and I hope you're having a great week wherever you may be across our great nation or our great world. I know that I neglected to do a podcast over this past weekend, so a lot of you have probably started your work weeks saying to yourself, hey, I haven't seen a new Home Field Advantage podcast yet this week. What the heck has Will been up to? Well, I had some family um, arrangements and uh, situations and gatherings and of the like that I needed to uh, have my full attention on this past weekend. Um, a couple birthdays, a couple other things that happened. Um, so I just wanted to you know, focus on the family this past weekend and uh, come to you in the middle of a week. Uh, with a new show, uh, and then follow that up with my typical weekend show, which will happen probably Sunday afternoon uh, with a uh, with a publish later that day, and I'll have some cool announcements to make on that particular show as well. For now, though, we're just going to rifle through some of the most uh, interesting topics that I've honestly missed over the last week and a half since I last recorded to you. Uh, We talked a lot of soccer on the last episode, which is unlike me, but we'll also talk a little bit of tennis today, which is, again, a little bit um, non-traditional for me to cover in an episode. But there's still, nevertheless, a lot of things going on that are a little bit unique. We have an expansion draft this week. We have some big news in the uh, NFL broadcasting world Um, We have billionaires going to space. I want to talk about that for a second. Uh, And then we have a recent champion. So last night, the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship. Uh, So we have that to talk about. And you know me, I'm not a huge basketball guy by any means. But what happened last night in the NBA world was truly um, phenomenal to watch. And I know I probably overused the word phenomenal, but the... the, um, the performance of Giannis last night, the Greek freak, I'm not even going to bother with the last name here. He he was out of this world. And and perhaps it's because I don't watch a lot of NBA, a lot of NBA basketball, um, you know, and I, I didn't know what to expect out of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they, they have a nice young team, some pieces there, obviously CP3, uh, or Chris, I guess he's just Chris Paul now. Uh, you know, he's obviously a factor, but they were no match uh, for Milwaukee uh, really, once once Giannis got going, I mean, he had 50 points last night in 42 minutes. You know, I think he had he had double digit rebounds. He had five blocks. So it's like he was he was out of his mind last night, and and he is right now, in my opinion, the king of the NBA. What do I mean by that? I mean, he is the best thing they have going for themselves right now in the NBA is Giannis. I'm again not gonna bother with the last name here. I'm not I'm gonna screw it up. We'll we'll revisit this exact topic in a in a few minutes when we talk about tennis. But as we look back, he is, in my opinion, the most likable player in the NBA right now. And I wasn't a huge Greek freak fan. I mean again not a huge basketball fan to begin with, but He's pretty likable. We talked about Harry Kane last week or two weeks ago and, and where he ranks among the most likable athletes in uh, world football. Well, where does 
the Greek freak rank among the best uh, NBA players in terms of likability. And in my opinion, I think he's I think he's near the top. I mean, it's obviously hard. It's hard not to like. Um, it's hard not to like some of the um, other younger players in the league. I'm talking about you know Luca, uh, players like that. It's hard not to like those guys. It's hard um, not to like uh, someone like. Uh, oh man, this is my NBA lack of knowledge is is really coming out here. Um, excuse me. It's hard not. To, oh, actually, Devin Booker from the from the. Uh, from the Suns, it's a, it's a great example of someone It's hard not to like him, uh, hard not to like some of these other young players around the league. Luka Doncic, exactly, mentioned him. Uh, the guy guy out there in Denver that got hurt, I forget his name, but it's players like that. It's hard not to like them, but the Greek freak is awesome. And he is uh, probably... My favorite non-Celtic in the NBA in the NBA now. Uh, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but it's hard not to like the way he handled himself. Um, it's hard not to like the way he handled himself uh, throughout the NBA Finals in the postseason, and then after the game when uh, when he talked about how he could have done it the hard way, uh, sorry, the easy way, and joined a super team, but instead he did it the hard way and he stayed in Milwaukee and he didn't force his way out of town. And his teammates and uh, and himself obviously were rewarded for that. Uh, so now you know when I look and I compare the Milwaukee Bucks to some of the recent champs, it seems like sort of every team did it a different way. So the Milwaukee Bucks they had a hard they had a hard path. They ended up getting by Brooklyn. They play they beat Phoenix. Phoenix had Phoenix was an upstart team. Then you then you go back and you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks in the NFL. They beat three of the best play, three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL on their way to the Super Bowl championship. They obviously had the addition of Tom Brady with weapons and other strong veteran um, players on defense, and then a young core on defense as well. So they kind of won the gritty way, taking the road, um, the road less traveled. I'd say on their way to the. Uh, to the Super Bowl victory. Then you go back and you look at the LA Dodgers. LA Dodgers were probably the odds-on favorite to win the World Series last year, and they did. Obviously, when you have Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Max Muncie, and Justin Turner, and players like that on your team, you're a favorite. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning last year we're only a year removed from having the best regular season in NHL history. They got bounced in 2019. They come back 2020. They win in 2020. Then they come back and they repeat this year. And so we, on one hand, we had the repeat champ. Then we had the champ that was destined to win it from the beginning of the year. Then you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had high expectations and they didn't meet them at first and then they ended up winning when it mattered most and then now you have the Milwaukee Bucks who have one of the most likable one of the brightest young players in the game probably potentially the new face of the NBA in many respects he has got to the top of the mountaintop for his franchise and so you have sort of a cast of characters throughout the NBA that are making a difference here. 
and it, it's very it's very interesting to see. So there's there's a lot going on there. Um, but I think that sports we've now hit in the big four, at least sort of a different era of champions in each of the respective leagues. Um, and so it's exciting to watch it. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll talk, be talking a lot of NFL and a lot of MLB postseason um, in the next six months or so. And then a year from now, obviously revisiting the NBA and the NHL. Uh, moving on here. Uh, and speaking of the NHL, big news today. The Seattle Kraken are doing their expansion draft as we speak. Supposedly, it wasn't going to air and we weren't going to know anything until this evening. But of course, with the age of Twitter, that was not possible. A lot of the players that have been selected or have been um, or have been chosen, that is, by the Seattle Kraken that were left unprotected by the other 31 teams, those have been leaked by various uh, insiders around the league and around the internet world. Um, some of the most notable ones, I look around and I see uh, Mark Giordano from the Calgary Flames. He'll be making his way to Seattle. Uh, Brandon Tanev from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He'll be on the Kraken this year. Yanni Gord from the Lightning. We just talked about them. He'll be making his way over uh, to Seattle, joining the Kraken. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, who uh, Washington Capitals goalie, he uh, was a local of local interest this past offseason. He'll be fighting um, for the job in in Seattle along with uh, Joey Decord from the Senators and Chris Dreiger from the Panthers. So that will be interesting to see who gets that job in net for the Kraken. Um, other notable names, Jordan Eberle from the New York Islanders. Looks like he'll be out there. That's a big ad. Um, and also... I see that it appears Adam Larson, defenseman from the Oilers, he'll be heading out to Seattle to join the Kraken as well. And then uh, it looks like the uh, Kraken opted not to take some of uh, the Carolina Hurricanes top talent like Nino Niederreiter. Instead, they opted with Morgan Geeky. So that will be interesting. And then, of course, they selected Jeremy Lozon from the Bruins. It's a big loss for the Bruins. I know Lozon didn't play awesome in the playoffs. I, in fact, roasted him on this show not long ago. But that being said, for the Bruins to lose one of the young defensemen that they could have potentially developed more is still not great. Uh, and then, of course, the question remains, who will be the captain of the Seattle Kraken now that some of these names have been... Um, released uh my first gut reaction is that it will likely be one of two names i believe it will either be jordan eberle or um mark giordano mark giordano was a captain in calgary so it's likely that he will get that nod out in seattle but time will tell uh, two more notes i thought about regarding the expansion draft were first of all the Seattle Kraken could have taken Carey Price. I don't understand why they're not. Uh, it's insane that they uh, were even given that opportunity, given that he wasn't protected by the Canadians. But I understand the Canadians' uh, reasoning for doing that. Um, but I just think, regardless of the money, if you have an opportunity to start a franchise and grab a name, 
that hockey fans in that market will immediately know and will have the opportunity to rally around, you do that. Because the problem with what I see is that on this roster, they don't have a name. Like if you follow the NHL, you know a lot of these names, but they don't have the name that even casual hockey fans know. Because when when the Vegas Knights did this, they got they went out and they got Marc Andre Fleury in net, and he was someone who had won Stanley Cups and been to the postseason before. The Seattle Kraken don't have that luxury right now, so I'm kind of wondering. Hold on. Wow, they didn't even attempt that, and maybe. Maybe it looks like they have their eye on some other free agents that might be taking up some of that money because they did aim low on some of these secondary picks uh, around the league. Um, but, I, but I'm looking at this situation. I'm saying, wow, I'm surprised that they didn't at least take a shot there. Perhaps it was discussed and, and they opted to uh, save, save a little bit of money on the front end. I totally understand. Um, and the second thing I want to say is hats off to this guy, Frank Valley. From the Daily Faceoff. I know he's a hockey insider. He used to work for TSN. He seemed to have broke most of these selections way before uh, ESPN had the opportunity. So I'm wondering if uh, he he hasn't made himself a wanted man over there in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, but but for now, it was pretty exciting. And, and especially considering if you're my age, if you're in your 20s, Beyond the Vegas Knights, we haven't seen an expansion draft in any of the big four over the past, um, you know, 15 years or so in, in which most of us would have been closely following sports. I mean, I mean, the expansion franchise that we last saw, I believe, in the big four was the Houston Texans in 02. And that was the last one since the real uptick that we saw in the 1990s. So for many sports fans my age, this is the... This and the Knights were the first taste of what we um, had on our hands with an expansion draft, and it was pretty exciting. Uh, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that the that the league was able to garner some interest here. It's uh, too bad that the product tonight on television uh, won't be that interesting now that we all know who was taken. Uh, other news in the NHL, just briefly, uh, it's been reported that Taylor Hall. Could make his way back to Boston. It's likely. I don't want to make any celebrations until it actually happens. But it is good news if you're a Bruins fan. That Taylor Hall could be sporting the black and gold again this year. Especially considering that the Bruins will need as much scoring as they can get. uh, As we head toward the end of the Marchand bergeron Krejci core. So that's big news. Uh, they're talking somewhere in the in the realm of uh, $6 million for four years. I think that's fine. I would go with that. I'm not going to quibble over dollars and cents if you're getting a player like Taylor Hall to stay at a, quote, hometown discount. All right. When we get back, we'll have three quick, interesting topics before we move on to the next uh, segment. I should say the next episode next week will have three quick topics. Um, But first, I want to give you a quick word from our friends over at Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to, uh, to start your own podcast. It's so easy, as I like to say, that even I can do it. Anchor lets you upload your audio from 
your own third-party device or right through the app directly, then you can add music, add transitions, add different uh, segments to your podcast to break it up and uh, find out who's listening to what segment more. Then, of course, you can upload that to be one continuous podcast and distribute it around the web, and they'll do all the distributing for you. They'll get you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you go to get your podcasts, they can get you there. It's one of the best platforms, if not the only good platform, in my opinion, to start your own podcast. So if you're interested in doing that, please visit www.anchor.fm. All right. So now that we are back talking sports here, there's three quick news stories that I that I just teased here that I want to talk about briefly. Uh, we won't do a daily cancellation, although the last segment you could essentially call it a daily cancellation if you wanted to because it's a little bit of a rant on my part. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is that the Manning brothers are taking over a simulcast on ESPN for Monday Night Football. All right, what does that mean? Well, that means that you'll still have Levy, Riddick, and uh, the other guy there. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Greasy. You'll still have Levy, Grease, and Riddick on uh, Monday Night Football primary broadcast, but there will be a second broadcast, which we're call- which they're calling the Megacast, that will air on ESPN2 at the same time. Um, they'll have a studio. They'll have guests. They'll have Peyton and Eli Manning in uh, calling games from their respective homes. Uh, it will sort of be like what you saw, in my opinion, with the MLB All-Star Game last week, where they would have special interviews, probably in this case not with players, but they would overlay that with a broadcast. So honestly, if you're a fan of a grab-ass, filler, fluffy, cluttery uh, broadcast, this will be the broadcast for you. Um, But if you're someone that just wants to watch the game and you don't care who the announcers are as long as they don't bother you, you might want to stick with... Uh, the regular Monday Night Football telecast, because honestly, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Louis Riddick, they're not inc- extremely entertaining, but they're us- they're not the kinds of guys that are going to bug you either. Uh, it's, we're not talking about Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland, um, which, by the way, that was an abomination of Monday Night Football uh, that those guys were on because they were just not in- not engaging at all. So now we're going to have the opposite spectrum. You're either going to have you know, warm milk in Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick, who, by the way, I don't mind Steve Levy. I'm just saying that, you know, these guys are not exactly there to entertain you. They're there to call a game. But then on the other hand, you're going to have Peyton and Eli Manning, who are going to be gushing all over their respective guests and vice versa. It will be very much like a game show, if you ask me. Um, And by the way, the Peyton and Eli Manning game show is awesome. So potentially, this will be awesome. Uh, hard to say, though, because it seems like ESPN uh, has a pro- uh, propensity to swing and miss when it comes to programming. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and honestly, the writing is on the wall for the trio of Levy, Greasy, and Riddick because if this works and people like uh, Man- the Manning brothers and their, you know, in their style, they'll make their way to the number one broadcast probably as time progresses. I know it's a three-year window right now, but if this if this is as popular as people think, 
then uh, I have a feeling that the Mannings will take over, or at least one of the Mannings. They probably can't afford to have both of them. But at least one of the Mannings will become uh, the number one uh, the number one Monday Night Football guy. And, and it is strange because this is – it almost seems like they're begging. Um, they're just begging for attention here in the NFL broadcasting world because if you look around, you've got top talent at all the other networks. I mean there was a point where Mike Tirico and John Gruden probably ran a pretty good broadcast at Monday Night Football. The only issue is NBC said – Hey, Mike, you're going to end up taking over Al Michaels job one day. Come over here. And then, you know, obviously the Oakland Raiders and and now the Vegas Raiders were able to uh, convince Gruden to be a coach. But I look at this and I say, holy cow, ESPN is really opening up the wallet to get these guys here. They're letting the Mannings do whatever the hell they want. Uh, They're letting them broadcast from their homes for crying out loud. So I think the writing's on the wall for the trio there. If the Mannings are, if either one of the Mannings are really able to uh, captivate the audience, and even if they don't, the Mannings sell stuff. They sell ads, and that's honestly what the NFL broadcast is. It's a television show with a football game behind it. It's not a football game that becomes a television uh, show, it, and and that's really what the NFL and the networks are these days. And that's that's fine because at least you can call a spade a spade. Uh, I just look at this and I say, wow, they're they're trying to compete with NBC, who's got Breeze. They're trying to compete with Fox, who's got Aikman. Uh, they're trying to compete with CBS, who has Romo. And that that's just the way it goes for now. That they want a quarterback with with clout uh, to take over eventually the number one. Um, the number one uh, spot there at Monday Night Football, and they're going to promote the hell out of it. So this probably won't be the first time that we hear uh, about about the uh, Manning brothers on the Monday Night Football. All right, moving on here quickly. I put out a Twitter poll last week. Some of you may have um, may have participated in it. I'm not sure, but I basically asked who is the goat of tennis. Um, but I framed it with is Novak Djokovic the goat of tennis? And the reason I say that is. If you look at it now, we're heading toward the Olympics, right? He he has a win this year in Wimbledon, the French Open, and the Australian Open. If he's able to compete in the Olympics, which I believe he will do, uh, I'm not certain on that. I'll have to look that up real quick. If he is able to com- p- compete in the Olympics and then uh, win the U.S. Open – He'll have an opportunity to uh, have a historic gold medal um, in addition to the the Grand Slam in one season. I mean, obviously, he's completed the career Grand Slam, but I don't believe he's ever won more than two of each of the major tournaments in the same year. He's won. He's already won three this year, and he'll uh, have an opportunity to win the U.S. Open and Olympic gold medal. If he does that, he is hands down probably one of the best male athletes of all time. If you want to talk about individual male athletes. But I frame the question is, is he the best tennis player, men's tennis player that is? Obviously, Serena Williams is the best women's tennis player of all time, in my opinion. But is Novak Djokovic the best men's tennis player of all time? And actually... Uh, 
it was unanimous. I mean, despite the fact that Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, they make up the big three along with Novak Djokovic. All of, all of the respondents said that, yes, Novak Djokovic is the best men's tennis player of all time. And, and I don't want to just, you know, spend, spend the next two minutes blurbing through uh, his biography. But, I, but I'm going to do it because I think uh, it will be easier for me to articulate uh, the why I agree that he is the best men's tennis player of all time. If I just read it myself from Wikipedia rather than trying to go through my handwritten list, list right here because I'm apt to honestly still forget something. So if I just read here, starting at, uh, he is currently ranked as the world number one by the ATP, which is the Association of Tennis Professionals. He has been number one for a record of 330 weeks and has finished as the year-end number one on a joint record six occasions. He shares that with Pete Sampras, who a lot of people up until the last 10 years or so would have considered the best tennis player of all time. It goes on to say he has won an all-time record 20 Grand Slam men's singles titles, which he shares with Federer and Nadal. And he has won 85 ATP singles titles, including a record nine Australian Opens and a joint record 36 Masters events, which he shares with Nadal. He is the only player to win all of the, quote, big titles on the modern AP Tour, which consists of the four Grand Slams, the ones we just talked about, and, quote, all nine ATP Masters events and the ATP Finals. It goes on to conclude by saying, quote, in particular, he is the only player in the open era to achieve a double career Grand Slam, as well as the only player to complete the career Golden Masters, which he has done twice. And uh, in case those of you don't know, the career Golden Masters uh, is, I believe, when you win all nine Masters titles over the course of a player's career. And those are the ones that, um, you know, I'm not a huge tennis expert, but there's basically not a lot of guys that have done that. Uh, and so he, for all intents and purposes, is the best men's tennis player of all time, in my opinion. That being said, I still it's hard not to love Rafa Nadal. I know I talked about him a few uh, episodes ago. You can make a case for him and you can make a case for Roger Federer. That's how dominant this era has been. But when I look at the numbers and I look at the career uh, wins and the, and the opportunity he has this season alone, it's hard not to go for uh, this, the Serbian big man here uh, in uh, Novak Djokovic. And he's, he's really a likable guy. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, and, and honestly, all three of those guys are likable guys. They're, they're really entertaining. So uh, it will be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of an entertaining trio uh, as we close the show here. For those of you who come here to listen to my sports knowledge, uh, you, can, you might want to just fast forward to the end. Because I'm talking about the three guys, the three billionaires that are trying to make their way to space. And, and two of them already have. But essentially we have... Uh, Elon Musk with SpaceX, we have Richard Branson with Virgin Galactica, and then we have Jeff Bezos and his Blue Origins, I think is what it's called. I almost said Blue Canoe, but that's a gas station. Uh, nevertheless, those three guys are having their own private space race, um, which I find kind of strange. 
Um, because these guys could literally do whatever they wanted and they decided to go to space. Um, I think that's probably because two of the three of them are a little bit older and perhaps grew up during the uh, Soviet-U.S. space race and had, you know, those sorts of uh, dreams as a kid, even though, um, even though, of course, Branson, he wasn't American, but still... I, I think that there's some sort of fascination here with individual achievement. I mean, hell, we just talked about the big three of tennis. Now we're talking about the big three of the modern private space race. So perhaps that was a good segue here. But but there seems to be a fascination with private space flight and things of that nature. Uh, I don't really know why, but that just seems to be what's what's going on here. Um, I kind of think it's stupid because like they're acting like they did this massive feat. Um, but I mean, it, this is things that the Apollo missions did when my parents were, you know, in grade school. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily like completely impressed because they spent millions, if not billions of dollars in research and development on these projects and they're barely making it out of the atmosphere. Um, I mean, Amazon for instance, can't deliver something in two days anymore because of warehouse shortages. But of course, Jeff Bezos, he can go on the edge of space and we're all supposed to give him a hand clap uh, or a golf clap. So I, I, I'm not really a fan of it. I, I do find it interesting, though. Um, I just don't think these guys are doing anything that's like that impressive, uh, in my opinion. It's interesting. It's neat. It's going to garner attention. They're going to get notoriety out of it if they didn't have enough already for some reason. And I mean, whether they want to admit it or not, they're all competing with each other. Branson was first, but Bezos went higher. And but Musk's rocket might go faster. I mean, you never know. I mean, these guys aren't even going into orbit. Um, but that happened this week. So I kind of find it dumb. It's cool, but it's dumb, if that makes sense. Um, tell me what you think. DM us on Instagram at homefieldpod or on Twitter at homefieldpod. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also DM me personally on Instagram. I don't care. Uh, at Will Highland too. I do find it perplexing that we're focusing on this when there's a lot of other things going on in the world, but that is how it goes these days. Uh, but Perhaps, uh, perhaps this is just what the world needs, you know, billionaires doing billionaire things. Um, it gives, it will give somebody something to talk about beyond coronavirus, which I guess is a good thing, maybe. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, uh, even though I do find it interesting, if that makes sense. Um, maybe not the rant you all expected, maybe not the rant I thought I would be giving, um, probably not even consider a rant if you contrast it with some of my others, uh, but nevertheless, pretty interesting. All right, that's going to do it for this quick uh, edition here of Home Field Advantage. I hope you all enjoyed the abbreviated show. Uh, I hope you will continue to like, subscribe, and share our podcasts with your friends on social media. That would be awesome. Uh, give us a five-star review if you'd like. Uh, and leave a rating. Uh, give, sorry, give us a five star rating and leave us a review if you'd like. That'd be awesome. Much appreciated. Um, we'll catch you next. We'll catch you this coming weekend to talk more sports, talking MLB trade deadline, talking the Olympics, talking the NFL, um, all kinds of stuff. 
uh, and then we'll resume the daily cancellation as well. But until then, my name is Will Highland, and this has been Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Home Field Advantage is produced by Will Highland and presented as part of the Sportland America Network. Home Field Advantage and Sportland America are an independent set of programs, and opinions shared on them do not reflect those any other company, person, or entity.